0: I already thinking this was a mistake. I'm John. <laughs> I'm John Dennis. Welcome to Somewhat Sports. You may know me from overnights at a 97.5 WPCV. Joining me as always, Bubby Johnson. He is a Division II National Champion for NCAA, courtesy of the Florida Southern Moccasins men's basketball team. Always good to, to be with you, man.
1: Thank you, man. You may know me as the guy who's uh, in front of you in the checkout line asking if you have any extra change, because I don't like to break a dollar. Um, Here (laughs) I am, Bubby. What's going on? Also, the guy who sits in
0: front of you at the movies, and that's why you can't see, because he's so gosh darn tall. Wait, wait, I like the
1: edit. (laughs) There you go. Very nice.
0: (laughs) Joining us today for the first time, and we're excited to have him on the uh, Somewhat Sports podcast is John Williams, also a uh, college athlete, not a national champion. He came close, That's somewhat. Wow. It's all right. It's <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's how we started, yes. Uh, but, but a great athlete in his own right. Men's basketball team for Florida Southern as well. There weren't teammates, though, because John, I think, is a couple years older, right? 15, 16 years
2: old. All right, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll,
0: we'll say a couple just because there's plenty of other jokes we can get into. Uh. Right, right, right. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to welcome John to the podcast. I, I know last week's podcast was was well received, and uh, we're looking to keep it going. And we're gonna jump right into the Saints game against the Los Angeles Rams. What a game that was, huh? Wow, great game! Heard the officiating was super good this game.
2: Oh yeah, probably I think, the best uh, I've seen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, you know they had that that whole issue at the at the end of the game with uh, I can't remember the guy's in the name of the corner, but definitely uh, a little bit of a pass interference, a little bit of a blown call,
1: wouldn't you say? I think that's fair. <laughs> I think uh, you know you and all of New Orleans would definitely agree with uh, uh, that well, statement. Anyone with a pair of eyes who's not a Los Angeles Rams fan would would agree with that statement. I think even the Los Angeles Rams agree yes. with that <laughs> statement. I don't, I don't think they're going to argue with this. I even think
2: I even think he came out and admitted that like, look, yeah. I was yeah. preventing him from
1: scoring a touchdown. I early, hit
2: him so. and I hit him early.
0: <laughs> Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, the Saints still had an opportunity to, to get that first down. They could have run out the clock, and they didn't. And then uh, they had a chance to win it in overtime, and Drew Brees threw an interception, the first uh, possession of overtime. So you can say what you will if you're a Saints fan, if you're a Saints, I mean, if you're Sean Payton, you've said it all already, as it is, complained to the league office and all that. But at the end of the day, I mean, New Orleans lost the game. and it's, it's, they, had the, they had control of the game, and they still blew it, regardless of the call. We'll say it. Come on. (laughs) I mean,
1: mean, yeah, I agree. You know, you you went to overtime. You know, they had a chance. But that's very deflating. Do you know what I mean? Like, to, to have something like that happen where the entire stadium knows that a call has to be made, something should be said, it should be a clear first down, they should milk the, the clock, have four extra de- you know what I mean? Like, There's just so much that should happen at this point and then when you don't get it you're expected to say, alright, wipe it off, let's keep playing. And I mean, obviously they should have and they had an opportunity to, but I mean that's a bad call. Just like we don't need to talk about it that much. But man, that was bad.
0: It, it is. It was bad. Um, and that wasn't the only uh, officiating, well, I guess that wasn't the only way the officiating got
1: in the uh,
0: the forefront I would say of a game. The the Chiefs-Patriots uh, game also came Kind of down to uh, some calls by the referees, and but I think they, for the most part, got it pretty right, regardless of whether or not you you think it affected the actual result of the play. You know, in a lot of ways, like that D Ford and offsides, but we'll get into the Chiefs Patriots stuff later. Um, I mean, do you think that the better team won in regards to the Saints and the Rams?
2: I would say, well, John, what do you think about this? I think the Saints were probably the better team, but I, I'm not. Completely disgusted with the outcome. <laughs> I mean, besides the the call, mm-hmm. I think the, I think the Rams are a formidable opponent for whoever out of that Chiefs Patriots game.
0: Well, I mean, you saw. The way the the Rams played the Chiefs earlier in the season, and the Chiefs you know ended up losing that game to the Rams. Right. You know, so if it had been you know the Chiefs playing against the Rams, you'd be like, oh, it could be another big shootout. That game was. I mean, everyone thought that game was amazing. The day after you know the day after it happened, people were really looking forward to that rematch. But then you have a team like the Patriots
1: who are coming to town now. I, I like the Rams, and I'll say it just because you know when we talked on the last podcast, you know it's going to be the team that can be more dimensional than they were in the regular season. Uh, you know, teams start. To develop more of a run game, defenses step up. You know, I think that's why the Chiefs had had a lot of success as well as that their defense finally start playing, um, you know, being able to get stops, being able to uh, get Mahomes back on the field. I think that's important. And I think the Rams' defense looks really well. That front line is amazing, you know, and when we talk about hard hits to quarterbacks and some questionable hits that we saw in the Chiefs versus Patriots game that I'm sure we'll talk about a little later, I'm very interested to see. If Dama Kasu or uh, you know that front line, Aaron Donald, yeah. yeah, like I, I want to see what, what, how, how are they going to be called? Because you know there's going to be hits on Tom Brady. There may be a couple late hits. They may let their presence be known. So I think that's something to definitely watch out for the Rams versus the Patriots.
0: Sure, and and it's crazy to me in this in this Saints Rams game that there wasn't a whole lot of rushing production by by either team. I mean, when you're looking at it, you know the total uh, rushing yards on the ground for uh, for Los Angeles, 77 yards on the ground, and the Saints only had 48 yards on the ground. Yeah, that's it's not a lot when you think of you know a team, you know, especially. I mean, I know that lately in the NFL, there's been a lot more emphasis on the passing game, but these teams were teams that were that were run first, you know, almost all season. I mean, when. When it came down to it, I mean, of course, you know, Jared Goff has you know, had games where he's still for three, 400 yards. But Todd Gurley is the best player on that team. And I, he didn't really play a whole lot. CJ Anderson got the bulk of the carries. And I, I would like to make an emphasis on the word bulk because he's a, he's a heavy boy. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I mean, now, you know, you think Todd Gurley, is he... I mean, he, you know, he's a little banged up, but you didn't think that he would get what four rushing attempts on the on the day. That's I,
2: wild. I don't think he even thought he was going to
0: no. go. No, I mean, props to him though. He's kept it, you know, really professional, and he said like, "Oh yeah, C.J. Anderson was running the ball really well, so you know, he was in there,
1: and I wasn't, so and that's fair." I think it's a lot more than that though, um, because I do think. Todd Gurley seems like a a great teammate. You know what I mean? He gets Mm -hmm. happy for other guys, you know. So I don't think it's a thing about him being jealous or anything like that. I I really sincerely think that he is banged up because there's times where they would get the stop and, you know, they'd show the offense on the sideline. He was the only one who wasn't celebrating. And like I said, he's a good teammate. So it's not because he's not involved in the game. I think he's genuinely hurt and banged up, and I think that's why you know, they, they made such a you know, an attempt to go out and get another guy like C.J. Anderson sure. who, who has been performing, and I think it comes down to more than just C.J. Anderson has won out the the carries because right. let's be honest yeah, Todd Gurley not... <laughs> you can go back to any fantasy team out there in the country right. who had to, Todd Gurley they'll tell you how valuable he's been this year right. so for him to get four carries for him to look the way he looked on the sidelines a lot of uh, of that game you can tell that he that he's going through some things uh physically that's uh, yeah. not allowing him to be out there
0: yeah and i'm hoping that this you know little two week break can kind of help todd gurley yeah. because he, like I said, has not been healthy for the last couple of weeks. You know, he had a little bit of a scare before the playoffs even started. Yeah, um, and he hasn't really been the same since. And the, the Rams have not looked really like the Rams since then. That's so. an
1: important part of it. I mean, he opens up a lot of things for you know guys like Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods on the on mm-hmm. the outside. When you have to put seven or eight in the box, and you got to respect Todd Gurley like that, right. it's going to open up some one on ones So I right. think the whole offense really does revolve around Todd. If right. we're going to be honest,
0: and it's and it's a good thing that they've kind of gotten some decent production at least from CJ Anderson yes. because the I mean don't get me wrong Robert Woods is a good player uh, Brandon Cooks of course is a good player uh, Josh Reynolds I mean he's kind of new on the scene but he's, he's been alright since uh, Cooper Cup's been gone Everett yeah Gerald Everett of course Tyler Higby and the thing is that those guys outside of Brandon Cooks they, you don't think of those guys as being like premier like best at their position in the NFL Robert Woods would say otherwise right of course <laughs> but and, and, you know, he's got a lot of production to back yeah. it up but I feel like a lot of their jobs become easier when Todd Gurley's out there at one hundred percent when that running game clicks is when the Rams look their best. It's yeah. not like you know the Patriots were like or at least the Patriots of old where Tom Brady just you know hangs back and the only time that they really run the ball is when they really need to because Tom Brady's so accurate it's more accurate and it's more it's better for the offense if Tom Brady drops back to pass as opposed to having them run the football for sure. But I mean, and you look at even on the Saints side here with, with uh, Ingram and Camara, they had, what 46 <laughs> yards total between the two of them rushing yeah. that is obscene like you think like <laughs> if you if you saw uh, uh, that stat line uh, you know sometime in the in the middle of the season you think like, they got a problem with their running game
1: yeah you know or you think it was the first quarter right it was over. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding no
0: kidding because they've been absolutely dominant but I mean I guess credit to, to Los Angeles's defense and, and stopping that that rushing offense because that rushing offense is potent that, uh, that offensive line for the Rams, or for the Saints, excuse me, is fantastic. I mean, the Rams offensive line is also really good. <laughs> um, but, you know, to hold, to hold those two guys to, you know, 46 yards total on the game, or for rushing at least, is impressive. It is. So and, and they're going to have to rely on that when they take on the uh, the New England Patriots that that Chiefs Patriots game man John what did you think about that
2: thought that was another great game like I said when people were looking at these four teams coming in I think they were going to ha- be happy with the outcome of any one of them like sure any four of these, any one of these teams coming together was going to be a good matchup so
0: absolutely and and that's the thing you get the one two versus one two yeah like John said I mean it's you know at the end of the day the best team is going to win or at least he thought so until the refs kind of got involved. <laughs> A little bit uh, but you know you can't when you look at how dominant the Patriots have been over the last couple of seasons or I guess the last couple of decades really Gosh. Um, <laughs> but it's you know you, you can't you can never count out that team even if the Chiefs look really good all season you think like Oh ah, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady always always you know pick it up at the end of the season once postseason starts it's almost like it's almost like they've been preparing all season for the postseason it's crazy and it's uh, another instant classic game I mean there were there were so many points scored just in the fourth quarter and overtime alone it was was like what was it twenty-one seventeen at the end of like the third quarter, and then all of a sudden it ended up, uh, you know, with a ridiculous score. 37 uh, 31 the final score there in overtime. But I mean, again, it's one of those situations where you look at it like, oh, what is the NFL doing wrong? Why aren't they going to college rules when it comes to overtime? Everyone talks about how great Patrick Mahomes has been all season, how he's, you know, the wonder kid, and rightfully so, he's been fantastic all season. But then he doesn't get a
1: chance to to throw the ball at the end of the game. Yeah, and to that point, there has to be something. And you know, I know we right. talked about this earlier. There has to be something. I, I I do like the fact that if you only get a field goal, then at least the other team's offense comes right. out and gets a chance but I mean but just because the rule is better than it used to be doesn't yeah, mean it's good exactly yeah. we still need progression yeah you know it's, it's still continue to get better but I mean to your point I mean that young kid here I am battling against a goat mm-hmm. some people's go I'll, I'll say a hey, goat if you will but you know here I am in um he's on know, the Mount Rushmore oh for sure I mean, without guess, without a doubt yeah, that's pretty <laughs> and, much it <laughs> and here I am battling you for you know the AFC championship and I never get a chance to step on the mm-hmm. field because that's the thing it's it's
0: the game you can sit there and you can complain oh you know well you know you got to have a, a championship caliber defense if you're going to if you're going to make it to the super bowl and i understand that line of thinking but also but also, you got to think with the way the rules are framed right now in the NFL, where they benefit offenses so much, you can't really get away with a whole lot unless you're that one Los Angeles Rams cornerback. You can't get away with a whole lot, and it's kind of unfair that you know the the other team doesn't get a chance to to throw the ball to, to execute their offense. Only one team gets to do it, and that's and it relies on a coin toss. That's the part that that gets me the most too. It's like I mean. Yeah, we got a thousand high speed cameras. We got pylon cameras. We're still deciding who goes after a coin toss.
2: Right. And we want to, from a fan's perspective, we want to see this stud get a chance to, to go against a great. It's kind of like the the young star rising, coming in. I guess he's considered a rookie still. Well, Ben Simmons. Simmons. Ben Simmons. Him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to see him give a chance because he's been fighting all game. And for him to not even be able to step on the field at right. that point. A guy who's, you know, thrown 50
0: touchdowns <laughs> on the season doesn't get a chance in overtime to to take his, his team to at least a second round of overtime. Right. You know, and it's it's unfair, and I think you're you're sliding the fans at that point. I mean, not even just the fact that it's like it was their home stadium, not even just the Arrowhead Stadium fans. I'm talking just NFL fans in general, because I mean, who wouldn't want to see Tom Brady and the Young Gun Patrick Mahomes going, you know, toe for toe, throwing the ball, you know, and trying to see who can score the, <laughs> the game. Right. You know, Texas rules overtime. You know, college rules.
1: And what I'll take us back to, you know, I always relay everything to basketball. That UConn Syracuse game, Six OT. Right. I mean, yeah. that was amazing. You it was I, great. People, I saw it was a great game. Hands on the knees. They were they were giving it all they had. Yeah. They were worn out. I would love to see. This game go to a seven OT where Mm -hmm. Tom Brady scores, Mahomes scores, and It's going back and forth, and which defense is going to come up and get a stop first? Exactly. Instead of which quarterback can get in the end zone first?
0: Exactly. I mean, you look at look at baseball. In baseball, even you know, even if the home team gets to go last and figure out how many runs, I mean, there still is an inherent advantage to going last at home in baseball. Yeah. You know, getting the last frame in a in a a, you know extra innings game, you still have both teams have the opportunity to go out. And swing the bat exactly, and that's what I want. I want Tom Brady. I want Patrick Mahomes both swinging for the fences, because that's, that's what's best for the sport,
2: right? And there's no what ifs. There's no like, what if Patrick did get a chance to to come in that game, right? It's exactly. Like we've seen it all. Mm-hmm. The winner is clearly the winner, in that right? Case,
0: so. And it, and that way you get to see the full team go out there and do what they got to do.
2: That is true. And that, we, was, that would be
1: my next, you know, we talked about this last week, how they always compare Phillip Rivers to Tom Brady, even mm-hmm. though they never on the field at the same time. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like in order, if we're going to judge both teams, to your point, let's give everybody an opportunity. So right. offense goes out there, defense goes out there. Then we take a look at things. And if you're not going to do that, change it from a coin toss to rock paper scissors. <laughs> at least this way, <laughs> I have a days, chance. Yeah. yeah, let me let me fight for. It. Don't don't decide on a coin. I beat you in something. I get the ball. Let's right. let's switch it up a little bit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But
0: what's you know what's what's done is done. The Los Angeles Rams are representing the NFC. The New England Patriots are representing the AFC. In the Super Bowl, in Atlanta, which I'm excited for, I think that it's going to be a blowout. I think that the Patriots are going to run away with it. They're going to use the inexperience of Jared Goff to their advantage. That Bill Belichick is known for years as being the guy who can fluster and confuse young quarterbacks. That's what he does. He's the best
1: to ever do it. You have something to say, Bubby. I'm, you know what? I'm going to let all my Johns speak first. Before, <laughs> before I make a statement, if your name is John, you can speak before me because I'm going out on a limb. I, I, I admit I was wrong with the Chiefs versus the Patriots. Right. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going to let John say his piece first, and then I'm...
2: I'm going to make a statement. All All right, right, well, I'm just going (laughs) to let you know I agree with John. (laughs) (laughs) The Johns are are in Canute's. No, I told them earlier, like, this game, I don't think it's going to be as interesting as these two games that we watched last week. I think the Patriots are so skilled, and I think they've been here before. Tom Brady has been here how many years? I want to say what.
0: I mean, Tom Tom Brady's been – the starting quarterback since eighteen years, maybe, yeah, 19? since the two thousand Super Bowl. I think uh, he came in for an injured Drew Bledsoe at some point. Or I came around remember; I was really young yeah. when that happened. Um, but yeah, Drew Bledsoe got hurt, and then Tom Brady carried them against none other than the St. Louis Rams, same franchise, different location. That's how long Tom Brady's been dominating the league. Is <laughs> the Rams are now in a different city, and he's still uh, he's still playing for Super Bowls. Yeah, you're absolutely right.
2: So I would definitely what I'm gonna say is that. New England, I think they're definitely going to win. The only way this game will be interesting is if they're down for the first two quarters, first three quarters, and then Tom Brady makes a comeback. I think that will make it interesting if they're down by that much. But other than that, I think this will be a blowout.
0: Bobby, the floor is yours (laughs) at this point. Go ahead. I
1: disagree. Please tell me why. Okay, and this is why. (laughs) We've seen a lot of, I mean, in the previous rounds we had a veteran quarterback versus young guy. Veteran quarterback versus young guy. Now, both of the young guys went toe-to-toe with the veteran quarterbacks. Both of them were able to put up a fight, were able to get their offenses involved. I mean, you look at Patrick Mahomes, who, who really turned it on in the fourth quarter. He got better as the game went on. Now, the biggest thing for the Patriots this year, honestly, as great as Tom Brady has been, I really think the strength of their team is their running game. Sony Sony makes things easier for Tom Brady. He moves the ball. He's been very successful this year. Their screen plays have, have worked. It, it, they've moved the ball on the ground, which is not typical of what we expect from a New England Patriots Tom Brady team. I feel like they rely on their run a lot. Now, we just talked about what the Los Angeles Rams were able to do to the, to the two-headed monster of Kamara and Ingram. So now, I think it's I don't think the Patriots' offensive line is as good as the Saints' offensive line. I think that the Rams are going to be able to stop them. I think they're going to have to put the ball back in time. And listen, I'm never saying that putting the ball in Tom Brady's hand is a bad thing, because clearly it's worked, <laughs> it's, worked for, it's worked for a very long time. He converted three straight third and tens in that overtime. And, and it was super Huge. impressive. It was, and I give it to him. But it's a lot easier to do that when my running game has been successful the entire game. Sure. The running game is still a threat at the end of the day. Yeah, Exactly. Now, if the Rams can come out here and they can shut down the run, and as crazy as it seems, it's it's almost like playing the Warriors and saying, don't let them get layups or dunks, force them to shoot threes. Because, you know, clearly Tom Brady, he's a passer. This is what he does. So I'm not sure if this is what you want to happen. But if they can go out there and they can stop the run and they can put the ball into Tom Brady's hand and force him to be what we really haven't seen him to be this year. This, is, this isn't, this isn't a, a Tom Brady caliber year that he's had. I feel like the running game has, has done its job. Tom Brady has won the games that he's needed to. But I think if the, if the Rams can come out and stop that run, and I like like I said, I like, I like McVay. I think he's a great young coach. Well, and, I mean, you see all the people who are trying to hire guys who are like
0: Sean McVay. You know they they stopped uh, hiring uh, so many of those uh, Belichick disciples because you know I think the most successful one is Bill O'Brien and that's he hasn't won a playoff game I don't think since no no he's one been has there. surpassed the master yet no <laughs> which I mean uh, is a is a difficult task yes. I, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's not I would agree with you in the sense where if the Los Angeles Rams can get pressure on Tom Brady with that defensive line because that's the thing when you when you blitz. Against Tom Brady, it does not go well for you. Mm -mm. Tom Brady knows the playbook inside and out. He's seen every blitz. He's seen that it doesn't matter who you're sending, what gap you're sending them to. He knows exactly what adjustments he needs to make at the line. And then once he figures out who's blitzing, he knows exactly who he's going to throw to every single time. That's why when you... I mean, you saw Tony Romo do it at the end of the game when he was talking about, okay, you know, if this guy comes in, he's going to throw a, uh, Gronk on the edge. If yeah. this guy goes to the outside, he's going to throw a, uh, Julian Edelman up the Tony middle. Romo just ruining the entire
1: game for me. I mean, jeez, let, let it well, play get, out. Get get, the, get used to the it. Backs, right? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> he's the guy in the movie there just telling you the oh, end. He's don't go in, he's in there. Seen it at 12, <laughs> your, and the movie's at 2. It's like, dude, you relax. Don't go, go in there. He's going to kill
2: you if you go in there.
0: <laughs> I know, Tony. Just let me let me watch the guy die. My gosh! Um, But no, it's to me, it's it's just a testament to because Tom Brady, he's he can make most of the throws most of the time. He can't make all the throws all the time like he used to. But I will say that he's picked his spots to really make the throws he needs to make when he needs to make them. Again, I'll 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 mention that third and ten three times in a row in overtime. He knows. I mean, then again, though, he did hit the hit Gronk on the uh, a little high, and that game could have been over real quick in the fourth uh, if that if D Ford had lined up six inches back. But you know, <laughs> in any case, though, he's uh, he's not the spring chicken he used to be. But he beats you now with his mind. And the Los Angeles Rams have a good front four, and if they can generate pressure with that front four, they don't need to blitz as much, and so they can keep those guys into coverage, and that's what's going to help. The Los Angeles Rams. If they're going to win that game, they need to get pressure on Tom Brady with four, and they need to make the Patriots a one-dimensional offense where all they can do is
1: run the football. And I'm not, I'm not worried because I don't think Tom Brady's going to hear this podcast and then get motivated. You never know. So if you do, Tom, (laughs) best of luck to you. They'll make a whole T-shirt about it. Yeah, it's going to be great. But, But what I will say is, like I said, that front four is nice, and I really don't think that. Listen, I I know I know what Gronk can do. You know, I I know how much of a weapon he is. Edelman really looks like he's got his legs back. You know, they look good. But when you look at the guys that the that the Saints have and what they were what the defense was able to do to that offensive team, I just I think that it's going to become more than Tom Brady. If this game is won by the Patriots, I think that. He, would, he will play less of a role than what people expect. I feel like he will make a big play at a big time, but mm-hmm. the game will not be dominated by, by Tom Brady. If the Patriots do win, so you're I saying like, like a Sony Michelle
0: three touchdown game, Tom Brady 190 yards and a and maybe a
1: touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I think if the Patriots do win, it is because Sony Michelle was able to, to and James get something going and, and a, little, sure, yeah. or a little Rex Rex had the huge punch That's in uh, you know and okay. overtime. Like yep. I'm not saying that the guys don't have weapons there, but I just think the Rams have enough defensively where they're relying on you know, hey, go score for us, we'll get stops, opposed to go score, we can't stop it. Now, one bad thing I will say for the Rams is that they are the
0: 20th ranked team in terms of points allowed per game with 24 points per game. On the other side, the Patriots, 7th in the NFL with 20.3 points per game. So the offense is going to have to be clicking for the the, uh, the
1: Rams if they're going to have a chance in this one, I think Personally, I would agree with that. I think a lot of that has to do with the division as well that, that those two teams play in, But that's that's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah, I, I would say yeah. That you're you're not you're not entirely wrong when they have to play when they have to play against the uh, the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins uh, twice a year. It is a lot easier to hold a team to not a whole lot of points. You're absolutely. I know right. how hard that was for you. It to was it was very well. difficult for me to say that as a as a Dolphins fan for sure. Um, but I mean, still though, you got to think. That that Patriots defense, and that's what they've been known for for years, is being that team that they'll let you march down the field, but then as soon as it gets to the you know 30, 25 yard line, it's, it's almost like a brick wall forms, unless you're the Chiefs' offense in the fourth quarter. But yeah. <laughs> you know, but that that team is you know is very well coached on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's really what's going to be the difference maker. Is I I think they're going to be able to frustrate Jared Goff. You've seen him when when Todd Gurley can't get going, and that offense becomes one dimensional. It becomes the the Jared Goff show. How bad that show is. Uh, if it was a Rotten Tomatoes. Thing, it'd probably be in the teens it is not a good show to watch Uh, Jared Goff you know he's just to me at least not right now he's not the type of quarterback where you can put the the game on his shoulders and let him go throw the ball for you if Todd Gurley isn't
1: also there I feel that but speaking of in the teens they have a coach who looks like he's in his teens and I think that (laughs) 19 year old bad boy Sean (laughs) McVay I I think that he will make this game simple enough for he's not going to put too much on Jared Goff hopefully we get a healthy Todd Gurley that's what I'm hoping for I mean, can we get some predictions? Like, uh, what, what are we calling here?
2: Okay. Hold on, hold on. We're missing the key to this whole game. Okay. The key to the Rams winning, I'm going to let you know now. There's tape out there from 2008 <laughs> and 2012. Okay. There's a team out there called the New York Giants. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Of course. Of course. All they need to do is sit in their room for two days and watch that tape.
0: All I got is call Michael Strahan out of retirement.
1: Yeah, that too. (laughs) If you didn't know, John Williams is from New York, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Big New York Giants fan.
2: This is the key to winning this game. I mean, we've done it. We've we given y'all the blueprint to do this, and nobody wants to listen. So. Well, and and that's
0: the and that's the thing. That's how the Giants were able to beat the Patriots in those Super Bowls is because that that uh, defensive line. We're talking guys like O.C. Eumyora, uh, Michael Strahan, Jason Pierre-Paul was on that Super Bowl winning team in 2012, wasn't he, or something like that. And you know Back that's when he had a full hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back when he had all his fingers, you're absolutely right, poor guy. But that's and that's the way to do it. You, they didn't have to blitz because they got such great pressure with those four guys up front. And again, the Los Angeles Rams are a team that's built just like that, where you've got Aaron Donald, which is, I mean, consensus, you know, defensive player of the year. Unless you know, maybe Khalil Mack can kind of make a, uh, a case for
1: that now. It's my vote. Um, you got a Khalil.
0: Yeah, uh, you also have you know Endamic and Sue, which is which is crazy. that Endamic and Sue is the second best player on that defensive line, you know. And then you, you got such such playmakers on that defensive line where you, you don't need to blitz all of the time, and that is what's going to make Tom Brady's life difficult. But again, we'll see. So predictions, you know, I I know that John and I are, are in uh, in consensus here that the Patriots are going to run away with this. I think that the Patriots are going to win. I'll call it twenty eight fourteen.
1: Wow! Yeah, go ahead. I'm no,
2: thinking. no, no. I'm listening. I'm, i <laughs>
1: want to put. I want to put my odds against me and uh, and see what I can come up with here. Twenty eight fourteen Patriots.
2: I think I might go thirty one seventeen Patriots.
1: Wow! So you guys, you both got
2: them. getting... Same margin by, of by, victory by, yeah. by two...
1: <sighs> I uh, yeah. Go and write this down. Go and write all of ours down. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. This is tough. I like Rams 28-24. I think that I think they get a stop. I think they get a stop late. And and I want to see that. Like I want to see Tom Brady have the ball with an opportunity to win like we've seen multiple times. And I want the Rams defense right. to come up and be able to make a stop. That's what the Eagles did last year. And, and already I, had the ball in his hands with like a minute and change
0: left to go, and had the had to go the length of the field. Obviously, I think that's why I say twenty eight twenty four because I don't
1: want to give it where a field goal gives us. I, well, I like twenty eight. We know the Patriots aren't going to get blown out. That's no no no. Twenty eight twenty four, and I like the Rams.
0: All right, so the picks are locked in. John's got it written down over there. So let's uh, now that we got the Super Bowl picks out of the way, let's talk about a little bit of basketball. What do you guys got for me?
1: give you
2: this assist go ahead <laughs>
1: <laughs> all of you don't know an assist is no <laughs> Well, I mean there's there's been a lot going on. Um, DeMarcus Cousins coming back. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest headlines and him fouling out. No no better way <laughs> than to come back than to foul out. Show show us the full personality there of Demarcus Cousins. But no, he looks he looked good. Man, he's shooting threes. He's hitting threes, which is definitely gonna fit that Warriors offense. It's terrifying. <laughs> they have a they have a, a lineup of Curry, Clay, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and DeMarcus Cousins, where, I mean... What do you do if you're like, who do you cover? Pray. Yeah. You pray. I guess you just... You, you're not a religious man. <laughs> <laughs> Convert. You <fall> the <laughs> Lord and you pray. Jeez. That's going to be a scary team. That's another one of those, kind of how you explain the, the New England Patriots, you know... It's kind of like you're practicing all regular season. You're finding Mm -hmm. your mode. You're finding your groove. And then I know coaches always say you can't flick a switch when playoffs come. But if anybody could, I think the Warriors would be the one team (laughs) that may be able to just
0: flick the switch and
1: get things going.
0: Well, and I mean,
1: you saw that a little bit with
0: the uh, the big three in Miami where, you know, they were kind of like, not that they were conceding the one seed to the Pacers, but a lot of the Bulls also. You know, you kind of like you saw like a couple games. they would be like, ah, right, you know, maybe we'll just trot out Chris Bosh tonight. It'll just be like a, <laughs> it'll just be a Dwayne Wade night tonight. Just we'll just have LeBron. out, the other guys get some rest. Yeah. And there's like a lot of maintenance throughout the season because you know with that roster that you don't need to really, not that you don't need to try during the regular season. No, no, no NBA team is going to admit that. But I mean, even Pop does the same thing. You know, back eighty two games. Yeah, let's be a it's row. a long season. It's a long <laughs> season, and. You know, right now, I guess they're kind of like now that they have the whole, you know, the Justice League has officially formed. <laughs> where You have all the the superheroes out there. You know, you got to see how the, those pieces fit together. You got to kind of figure out, you know, how they're going to to manage who's going to do what and what every every player's role is going to be. Do you think that those players can all coexist? You know, being as 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 ball dominant as as I mean, of course you see you saw the Warriors last year. Of course, they won the championship without DeMarcus Cousins. But do you think that adding DeMarcus Cousins is going to be something that? Would be difficult to work into the the
2: mix? I think they can. The reason why is because they have a coach in Steve Kerr that seems to do pretty well with managing personalities. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much that you have all these talents and they can't get along, they can't work together. Mm -hmm. I think that the coach plays a big part in that. That's where he steps in and kind of manages egos and kind of gets them to buy into what the team is trying to do. And I think with the Warriors, they need new challenges during the season. They, you can almost say they get bored, so something like this to be able to bring boogie back into the into the lineup is a challenge for them sure, and that keeps them going the momentum going into that all star break and afterwards hopefully ending um in the playoffs also.
0: Do you think that the, the personalities are going to be the most difficult thing to manage on this team or do, is from an X's and O's perspective you think that'll
1: be difficult? Without a doubt it's the personalities. When you have that much talent there's very few X's and O's at that point because those guys can go out and get a basket it doesn't matter. You can ISO a player you know what I mean? There's too much on the weak side where you can't shift your defense to pay attention to an ISO, or You can't crowd uh, the paint uh, for a drive. Or you can't hedge on a screen because mm-hmm. the guy rolling can score himself. So there's too much talent for it to be an X and O's thing. It's going to be, and this is, you know, we've had this conversation, me and you, about, uh, John, about, the, uh, about how good the Warriors are. What makes them so good is that they do not care who is succeeding. Right. Steph Curry, Anyone will can help be the 50-point guy. Yeah,
2: like, here, <laughs> I I know
1: out. I hold the record, but I want you to beat it tonight. I'm right. going to assist you in beating my own record. <laughs> like very few people help their teammate beat yeah. their own record. You well, know what I mean? And that's that's what I think is and it showed when Kevin Durant and Draymond Green were going at it. Right. You could see that team. The talent was still there, right? But it was just they weren't they weren't meshing anymore. Cracks were forming, exactly. In the, yeah, in and I unit. think I think they're fixing that. I like Clay a lot. I mm. think Clay's a, a silent guy. Uh, you he's a glue guy. For the, yeah, for the most part, mm. he really is. A, and Draymond's the attitude. He's a toughness. Who, right. You know, now him and DeMarcus Cousins kind of remind me of uh, uh from uh, the Mighty Ducks, the Smash Bros. If, <laughs> uh, do, you, do, you, am I, do you guys remember the uh, from the Mighty Ducks? <laughs> um, you know, the, and I think they give you that nasty aspect that that, that Bro, the bash brothers, the bash brothers. There it is. <laughs> yeah, Thank yeah. you. The You're bash close. brothers. Yeah, you knew what I meant. Uh, <laughs> and I think they give you I think they give you that. Uh, and I think what really helps them out as well is a lot of times the sixth man of most teams is a guy who who needs to get a shot. He needs to get up a lot of shots. You take your starters out. You kind of let him run that second mm-hmm. offense. The Warriors' second unit is really a bunch of guys who play hard, play the right way, and you can fit them in. So, if Durant and Curry need a break, I'm now running my offense through Cousins and Clay right. with with role players who aren't demanding the ball. Right, and that's what helps the Warriors is Igoudala go out there, play defense, rebound for me, play you know one through four, and mm-hmm. find a spot. We're going to run the offense through DeMarcus now. Oh, you need right. a break, Kevin? Come back in. We're going to run the offense through you, and we're just going to fill in with our bench players. To give the starters rest, mm. and and it and it works. You know they have a lot of bench players who are good, but they're so unselfish that it just it really works well for them.
2: So who do you think has the best shot at beating them? I would say at least in the Western Conference, from because I don't know if I mean if work. you'd asked me
0: like a month ago, I said the Nuggets, but we saw how that turned out when like they were losing by fifty in like the
1: third quarter. <laughs> so I no longer say the Nuggets. Yeah. I would still say the Nuggets. You think so? Only because. What helps the Nuggets is that is that Jokic is the dominant player for them, mm-hmm. and it's in the paint. Like you're not going to find there's not going to be another point guard out there that's going to, you know, whatever you can do athletically, you know, Steph Curry's going to be able to do behind the three point line, right? You know, and obviously Demarcus Cousins now helps you out a lot having that star at the center position, but the fact that they run their offense through Jokic, Jokic, however you pronounce Jokic, it, yeah. Jokic, I I like the guy. He does everything, mm-hmm. and. You know, they have a lot of guys who are still injured. Haven't got Will Barton back. Uh, Paul Millsap has been up and down this entire year, who's a sure. great defensive player as yeah. well. Another big man who can move his feet. If you want to switch some screens, maybe you feel confident with him switching out there. They have a lot of guys, a lot of talent. They have a lot of length. You know, I, I think the Nuggets will be able to, to run with them, right. to play a little bit. But
2: It's just so hard because, like, oh, well, go ahead and answer. because. I mean, we all understand that playoff basketball is a little different than regular season, right. right? So, I mean, I don't know if you can completely jump to say that the Nuggets would be the number one team to beat them because they haven't all exactly been there. I mean, you could bring up people like Millsap who have been in positions like that before, but over overall, nobody's in, been in that position where it's either lose or go home, and you're playing against a team like the Warriors. Yeah, they haven't made the playoffs in a while. They've
1: always been a pretty good team as of recently, but... Missed the playoffs by a, a couple games or right. two, or uh, right? They so, haven't really been in the mix since Carmelo no. was there, and right. they were in that group. So,
0: Carmelo, sorry. Do you not? Do you not know? It's about the free agent. <laughs>
1: yeah, Hoodie <laughs> Mello, the guy that the I guy that no one wants See, to play. If you put Hoodie in front of it. Now I know who you're talking about. Oh, Hoodie Mello. Okay, oh, no joke. Excuse Mello's me. Mello's a great player. I love Mello. You love. I hope ex- he finds it. No, I think he's gonna go to the Lakers. I think he will. You think so? Yeah. Play with a little, uh,
2: little there. I hope that doesn't happen.
1: Why? It's going to hurt them. It definitely
0: is. He's a ball stopper for sure. And then that team, I think that you really need to move the ball. And Kuzma needs to be more involved. And Lonzo needs to be more involved. And then once LeBron comes back, you can't have the ball. You can't have the offense run through Carmelo for any point in time
2: at all. And that's all up to Carmelo. I mean, wherever team he goes to, if he keeps the same mindset that right. he has. like, Well, he didn't want to come off the bench for the longest time. I don't no. even think he does now. He,
0: he refused to. And maybe that's why he's no longer in Houston because they said, like, hey, come off the bench. He's like, no, I'm not,
1: I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I've said this before. Carmelo messed up his career. When he was leaving, instead of going to the Knicks and getting the money, he should have went to the Bulls he should have been there with Jimmy Butler. Derrick Rose, I think Derrick Rose. That's less pressure on him, maybe he doesn't get injured. And right. you have Robin Lopez playing center to to make up right. for the lack of defense that Carmelo plays, which you know, and if you play him at the 4, that's that's where Carmelo is in my opinion at his best defensively. Because, you know, mm-hmm. he's even said he doesn't really like running around on the perimeter with wing players. Sure. You put him on a, on a four where he's strong, he can bang, he's you know he's a he's a mismatch for sure. other foremen. I think that's where he should have went. So he's on the, the he's on the right team now, just at the wrong time. Well, I mean, he was on the right team <laughs> yeah. for that whole hour and <laughs> a half. They, did that. they cut him already? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah <he's>, <laughs> <laughs> was a, he was on the right
1: team at the wrong time for the wrong amount of I time. I don't even know if he got a jersey. No, time. I <laughs> mean, they're <laughs> going to make a jersey. They'll sell it just like the Hawks did. <laughs> they iron it right up. <laughs> all right,
0: limited edition Carmelo Anthony jerseys for sale. They just came on sale. They're already sixty percent off. Oh
1: <laughs> Melo, oh, you know, I just hope one day that this podcast blows up enough for all the all the people we talk about to just be upset with it. No, yeah. But once again, Melo is a great player. Yeah, no, he was nine. a great player. He's
0: he's in the twilight of his career right now. He's still got a shot, <sighs> but I don't. I just don't think that he. I don't think that he wants to play the role that he would be best served in now and having him play the role that he wants to play now would be a detriment to all 30
1: teams in the NBA. Ah, there's a... I'm sure there's a couple teams I could find where he would be okay as a starter. Because
2: no, because I think I that, don't think you can name one. No, because I,
1: I definitely I, can name one. Okay, name one. Go ahead. The Hawks. The Hawks would be up. The Hawks would be a fine team for him to play with. They have athletic big men. They have dead men who can even shoot the three. They got Trey Young, who's a great young. And see the thing about him being a great young point guard, you can put the ball in Carmelo's hand a little bit more because hey, now you're a young point guard. I want to get the ball out of your hands a little bit, make it a little easier for you. Spot up, shoot. The, uh, the Hawks would be a fine. Have learn
0: how to like where to pick his spots to toss him the ball, and,
1: and they're like, getting rid of Torian Prince. They're, they're talking about you know taking some trade some trade options for him. I think the Hawks would be a
2: fine fit. But do you think Melo is the best idea for young players trying to be developed? Because well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, are you learn how to score? You're not going <laughs> to like
0: when you're the Hawks. If you're in the position that you are right now, you're not making the playoffs. No, if you're not. The 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 Hawks, Hawks, right. And so you need to take this
1: time to develop the young talent. And Carmelo's not young. He's not, but if you're talking about where he can fit into a team, now I'm not saying you're going to meet that team's aspirations, now. but he's still going to teach a young group of guys at the end of the day the game of basketball, the nuances of basketball, how to conduct yourself how as a, a pro. pro. You can say what you want. Carmelo's had a great career. Maybe he hasn't. Everywhere won. outside of the NBA, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's won in college, and he's still been. He's still put up numbers in college in the NBA. It's not right. like he's. Let's not. You just let's never not, won anything. But, but there's plenty who haven't. Sure. I mean, Charles Barkley's never won anything. We still. We still say he that made, he's a
0: great. Well, I'll say like he's, he's made the playoffs a lot, but so did uh, Carmelo for
1: a little bit. But he's always yeah. been
0: like a sixer. He's in a, a little <laughs> bit of a drought. I
1: mean, that's well. How about with Vic going down now? Do we do we look at the Pacers? Maybe could the Pacers be interested in Carmelo Anthony?
2: I don't know. I, I think
1: and get well, get well, Vic. That's a Maryland guy right there.
2: <laughs> team takeover.
1: He was on the first team. I played on the second. But man, get well, Vic. My prayers out to you, my brother.
2: I, I think your point is valid. If Carmelo is coming off the bench, I think that role to be like a mentor to these young players. He takes a page out of Dway's book and does something like that. That's accepts,
0: a, if Dway can do it.
2: Probably right. I can do it. And they they can't start on Dway. Did you know? Did I knew that market? was that's, I called, like, an that's I called an assist. I appreciate that.
0: What a guy! That's but, how you get me in your in your pocket right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. compliment Dway. To what Dway did? Yes, Dwayne.
2: please.
1: <laughs> do, do I have any friends named Bubby? So it can be two Bubbies and two Johns yeah. on this. So this isn't fair. I feel like I'm being.
2: I'm, I'm just saying like I think he play I think he will play, play a better role coming off the bench. I can see that and doing what you say as far as and just
0: being offense off the bench because a lot of times, you know your second team isn't as offensively gifted. So you know, have him go out there and, and spot up shoot every every once in a while, you know, on the second team. Right. but he doesn't want to do that. That's the problem with Carmelo Anthony right now. And that's why he's not on a roster right now is because I, I'm sure a lot of teams could use a little bit of shooting off of the bench, but he doesn't want to come off the bench, and that's where he's at. Anyways, enough about Carmelo. He's not even on a team right now, so let's talk about something Your favorite free agent. (laughs) My favorite free agent, please. Let's look into what James Harden is doing because he is a monster. He is doing it all his own. Granted, Gordon's back, which is good for them, but CP3's out, and that's why they're not winning games, but... I mean, I saw the stat the other day. We talked about Clay Thompson and how he's getting dished the ball a lot. Clay Thompson had a 44 point night the other day, assisted on all 44 points. Yeah. James Harden had a 37 point game same night, assisted on zero of those points.
1: Now, what we have to be careful of here, though, is let's not. What I like about Clay is that those are not. When you think of an assisted basket, you're thinking of uh, you came off of a screen, I gave you a pass, you were wide open to lay it up. Right. If, Now, yes, they were assisted, but they're only assisted because he chooses not to dribble before he shoots. (laughs) The (laughs) fact that he can get the shot off, those are still... His assisted buckets are harder than some buckets that people get creating for themselves. I mean, he's... The defender's right next to him. He's he's in between his screener and a defender, right. and he's shooting like those are still tough buckets.
0: I'm not. I'm not. I d- uh, just want to make sure you're yeah, not. you not picking on Clay. Don't, here. don't take this as <laughs> right. me disparaging the good name of Clay Thompson. <laughs> okay. I understand that he is. I mean, I mean, you got to think he's might be a, a top five, top ten three point shooter all time at the rate he's going right now. He will be for sure. Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, he's a tremendous shooter, a tremendously gifted offensively, and. I'm not saying (laughs) that his buckets are coming easier than James Harden's. What I'm saying, though, is that it's easier for him to get open sometimes than it is for James Harden when the entire offense is running through James Harden and you know he's going to shoot the ball. And James Harden is still getting
1: buckets. How? He's going to the free throw line too much for me. Um but no even then, no
0: joking. it's it's uh, I, in the past I, you could have said that but he's had games where if you took away all of his free throws he's still getting 27 28 points a game.
1: I mean don't get, listen and the only way I can explain this is the way it looks to me is he looks like the guy who goes to an open gym and he, play, he picks the two old guys who will run hard. He picks the one football player who doesn't want to shoot, but is going to play really good defense. Right. And then he picks the short little fast guard <laughs> who doesn't want to shoot the ball anywhere. So you're, anyway.
0: you're saying you can get a James Harden at the local Y. No, no, saying. no.
1: What I'm saying is you can see a James Harden productivity at your local Y. It won't be as flashy as what James Harden does. But, I mean, to your point... There's not many other options out there on the floor with him. P.J. Tucker's playing center. And when you talk about small ball, it doesn't get any smaller than that. (laughs) Um, Don't get me wrong. P.J. Tucker will probably beat all three of us up in a fight. He's a tough guy. He works his butt off. I like P.J. Tucker's game. Mm -hmm. But with guys like this out there on the lineup with him, it's literally... You know, we talk about a green light, and I know you've heard the phrase. Well, he has a black hole. James Harden can shoot whatever he want, whatever he wants, and no oh, one's sure. going to say anything because it goes in most of the time. Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you guys follow Gilbert Arenas, um, another Washington great. By the way, oh my God. I'm rolling my eyes. Kind you know mind. what I mean? Like, goodness gracious,
0: you're worse than I am with doing Wade with all these Maryland and Washington. I'll guys. say what I will. Pick a, pick a first off. Pick a district slash state. Okay. <laughs> I said Maryland. You, you, you said Maryland. You That's fine. About Washington. You guys can say what
1: you want everybody gets oh, jealous but anyways Gilbert Arenas <laughs> made a great point he says that you know if you're walking down the street and you see a pit bull and he's on the leash obviously you're going to get a little you're going to get a little worried it's a, it's a big dog but he's on a leash you feel safe mm-hmm. now if you see that same pit bull without a leash you're gonna be a lot more afraid because he has freedom mm-hmm. james harden has freedom he is a dog off the leash he can do whatever he wants his bark is as big as his bite. and true. And it's just like, how do I defend a guy who's going to get two step backs? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> how I, we can take six steps. And clearly I'm joking, but like how, how do you, you stop it? No, I'm not. You're fine. You caught me. <laughs> how are you supposed to stop James Harden where he can literally take any shot he wants? You have to
0: defend him the entire time. Yeah up in uh, i mean it's from everywhere from the the half court line all the way down to the to the rack it's he can score anywhere on the court if only he played a little bit more defense than we'd be talking about. Because right now like he's in the front runner for for m v p right now just because he's so talented offensively, but can he's, you really be m v p if you're not playing a whole lot of defense
1: listen i'll say this if Without Chris Paul, now Capella's injured as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been lost to Reza, obviously. Eric Gordon out for a lot of this for a lot of this year right, as well. Injuries. Back, but yeah. yeah. If he can get these guys into a playoff spot, and I'm saying six or higher. Right. Kid's <laughs> MVP. The yeah. I don't care. He's he's the MVP. He just decided, like, you know what? Like, why am I going to play defense?
0: I can just score 45 points a game and win 138 to 132, and we'll call and, it a day. And you know what, though? His
1: defense isn't horrible this year, though. Like, now that, you know, I'm going back and I'm looking he's at He's picking it. his spots when he's going to play defense. Yeah. The steals still, the are there. I mean, I'm looking at multiple games of five, six, four. You know what I mean? Like, it's not horrible. It's right. not good. No. But... In this day and age, there's there's very few people who play good defense. Right
0: now, the thing I mean, you guys are 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 basketball players by you know, I guess by I wouldn't say by trade because you don't playing professionally, but you guys both came up you know playing high school ball, played uh, you know in college, were very successful in college. When you look at the state of the NBA right now, and you see these idols who are, you know, going up putting up these 30, 40, 50 point games off of just three with no D, are, are you concerned for the the future of, of basketball? Are you okay with the way that the, these these people like you know uh, Seth Curry or Steph Curry, excuse me, and uh, and, Seth. and Seth also not as not as not as good as Steph? <laughs> That's how you get but, a shout out for the little bro, yeah, right. Hey. <laughs> uh, you know, guys like Clay Thompson, guys like you know James Harden, where they you know they chuck. Up, you know, a, a lot of volume, and they're not really known for their defense. They're just kind of putting up the three ball. Do you, are you worried about the the way that the game of basketball is changing going forward?
2: I don't think I'm completely worried. I think it's just another evolution of the game. I mean, before before there was dunking and people started dunking, we could have mm-hmm. had the same conversation. I think with threes almost, it actually gives hope to <laughs> players who aren't in that NBA physique, who aren't six, six seven. Mm-hmm. D- dunking, jumping out the gym—who right. have a chance?
0: <laughs> guys, guys who are six foot, six foot one, you know, who are
2: yeah. out there and 5'10". Five, 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 10, 10. Right. Well, John, five, you're, you're nine, a shorter guy. I feel uh, like you're <laughs> five, yeah. seven, five six. Yeah. So that gives the, it kind of levels the playing field, right. and I think in that aspect, it is good for the game, and it is a skill, don't because uh, <laughs> to hit an NBA three pointer under pressure, coming off a pick, off it's a step far. back. It is pressure, and you're starting to see these seven-footers this doing this also, so which is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, which which makes the game more interesting. So I think from a fans' perspective, an entertainment aspect, I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think it's just a change that we're gonna get used to, and sure. and of course, defenses will find a way to stop
0: it eventually. Whether it's having a guy who's dedicated to just shadowing a three-point guy, right? You know, subbing in, you know, and just being like, whenever that guy's out there, we're getting our fastest guy, and he's just closing the gap as soon as he can,
2: right. Cause when you, I mean, when you were growing up playing playing basketball, you always taught get the on a fast break, get the the best layup you can get. Now guys are running to the three point line, right. to shoot picking that their shot, picking their spot and just yeah. And now we're kind of thinking, hey, this might be a, a good shot if we got guys that can consistently hit this. Why not get the mm-hmm. three instead of the two in this situation? It's more points, so.
1: especially if you're shooting threes better than some people finish around <laughs> the rim. <but> yeah,
2: <laughs> and I
1: think it's not just basketball, though. You know, when you when you look at any sport offense is what people want to see sure. fans come for offense they want to yeah. see high scoring games the people who still go to baseball games want to watch the dingers you what know what i mean about. like yeah that, that's why they do a home run derby right. you know no that's one does true. a no one does a turn two <laughs> turn two derby let, let me let me see you get no one does no one cares about defense it's defense is for the people who uh you know like limits. to get their hands dirty, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, you know, you see even see it in football. Look at all the rules now that's designed for the quarterback, designed sure. for the wide receiver. You know, if it's a tie, it goes to the offense. You know, there's there's so much rules that are designed for the offense to be successful. Really? Can't hand check anymore. There's no defensive three seconds. Right. You're not even allowed to set up in the paint.
0: There is still there is still something to be said though for like for good defensive games. When, oh for sure. You know, when it comes down to like football, like I've seen like I remember a game a couple of years ago, was the Dolphins taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was just a rain out game. You thought like how could they play on this field? They got there's a there's a clip, you gotta find it on YouTube. Just look up Dolphins, Steelers, Punt, and I'm trying to remember what game it was, but it was a Monday night football game. Monday night football, just type that in and the the punter for the Steelers punted the ball. Right, it landed just dead. Like, it <laughs> bounced, and it just stopped. It stuck. Like it was like on a tee. The game ended up three zero in favor of of the of the Steelers. It's one of the best games I think I've ever watched in my entire <laughs> life. You know, the defense is strong. I mean, even in, in baseball, watching a pitcher who you know two pitchers go to work where they're really really dominant and they're throwing these pitches that are absolutely incredible. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be all offense. All the time and it, even in basketball. Sometimes, you know, I mean, granted, I, I feel like, you know, those those Memphis Grizzlies teams from a couple of years back where there was, you know, every game seemed like it was like a seventy-five to like eighty game. Memphis versus Spurs. Bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great it's games. Defensive <laughs> slug cast, no threes, just uh, <laughs> just layups and defense. Um there is still something to be said for that, but I feel like you are right in in that it seems like all of these all of these sports, at least the, the major sports, are gearing themselves to be more offensive-minded and giving the, the competitive advantages to the offense and having it be an offensive you know, show, well, like the
1: Globetrotters. Well,
2: that's what sells tickets. <laughs> I mean, us in this room, people who have played football before, played basketball before, I think we're in the minority who wants to actually see a good defensive game where we can get stops right. and not see anybody score. Sure. I think... High-scoring games throughout any sport is what's selling tickets for the majority of the fans out there. Your common fan, yeah, right. So the
0: that makes that makes sense. Yeah, I've I've never thought of it like that. Where like the, the people who who have experience playing the game who are really like just like nerds of the game. You know, it doesn't matter what game it is, they, they can see the nuance in having like a defensive showdown and say like, Oh, like yes, I understand that they're not, you know, hitting a home run every other every other at bat. But right. like, look at the way this pitcher is, is throwing the ball. Like, you know, the curve he's getting on you know, on yeah. his pitches, he's got great command of the of the ball right now and, and that's stuff that you you don't really get if you're a casual fan. Yeah. You're not gonna attract a whole lot of people who haven't played the sport, you know, either for fun or even,
1: you know, uh in the collegiate level when it comes to the average fan. Yeah. Those those are aspects that are appreciated from someone who's put in practice and put in time themselves. Like myself, I I played baseball for one year, was horrible. So I want to see home runs. <laughs> I, I don't I don't care to see the a one zero. That's boring all the time. for me. Yeah. yeah, like I used to work at the Amelie Arena, and I would hate when the when the game was one zero or two right, one. I want to see yeah, I want a I wanna seven, see, six, yeah, I wanna victory. Seven, I, I want to hear boom. I want to hear fire. You know, that's exciting. Right, so yeah. you know, if I feel like the more you know about a sport, you there's obviously more for you to appreciate. Right. But if you're just kicking back and you got a game on, hanging with some friends, you, you want to see points.
2: And I'm a lacrosse player, so I know for a fact that not many people watch lacrosse. So what they're trying to do is think of ways to bring people to these seats to watch these sure. games. So one of the things they did was introduce a shot clock. So now you got a shot clock, more shots go up, Higher scoring games, mm-hmm. more people come in. So, so instead
0: of waiting for you know a, a super beautiful shot to open up, you're just chucking it up because you need right. to. In a lot of you
2: instances. can't just stand and hold the ball at midfield and just wait. So now you definitely have to put up a shot, and I think that's what's bringing in these tickets. Which it is a business, so. All right. Well,
0: now that we're talking about lacrosse, I feel like we just we've reached a natural conclusion of the
2: podcast.
0: <laughs> wow. So <laughs> <laughs> disrespectful. It's okay. It's
2: okay. I'm out,
0: guys. <laughs> He's never going to come back. Oh man! <laughs> Anyways, hopefully he'll come back. That'll do it for us. This, uh, this episode, two. I know is a delayed episode. We're going to try to keep these uh, every, every Monday or Tuesday. We haven't really f- fleshed out exactly what day of the week that's going to be. It really depends on, on, uh, on our schedule going forward. But, you know, we're going we're gonna to hopefully keep this going for, for the foreseeable future, Mondays and Tuesdays uh, going forward. And I'm looking forward to it. So without further ado, I'm John Dennis. Bobby Johnson. John Williams in here as well. Big Always <laughs> Oh yeah, let's 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 plug the uh, the, the twitters real quick. I'm uh, at John Dennis Radio. It's J-O-N. What's Twitter? Dennis Radio?
1: Yeah. <laughs> What's
2: Twitter? Wow. Well, Seriously, I don't go on Twitter.
1: <laughs> well, listen, man, I I do. So you go ahead and follow me. It's Y-A-L-K-N-O. Uh, Y-A-L-K-N-O. Y'all know underscore B-U-B-B-S. That's Bubs. So oh y'all know Bubs? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where I was gonna go with it, but yeah, you got a,
2: You can you can find me on Instagram, JL Williams Five. Look at that. All right, now we've got five out. of what? I got, All right. What's that's, the five stand for? Is yeah. that was that your number? It's or not? five siblings.
1: Mm. that's a that's adorable, man. All right, <laughs> there was a guy Michael had a couple siblings. I think he had about five. Uh, they did music. Yeah, you did the, five, the Williams I Five. five. Oh, I don't know if you've heard of them. They were pretty good, actually. They're
0: yeah, love the it.
2: Jackson 5.
1: No?
0: Clearly. Uh, talented in a different way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll end it there. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, God bless you. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. <laughs>